Slam Radio brings to you Eliminate Your Limits. You can call the show 786-828-7068. You can watch the show live on Periscope at Slam Radio XM. It's now time for Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Carrie on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. This is going to be the most important thing you ever hear in your entire life. These next two hours are going to make or break everything for you, so stay tuned. That was quite the intro. I'm telling you right now. You know, so... I'm telling you right now. First of all... Okay. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! To everybody tuning in. Yeah, um, bonne année. That was French. Yeah, I was going to do one in a different language. I don't have a different language that I could pull do off it, the top of my same, head. Say it in French. Uh, bon yeah, you, you said it right. Yeah, you say it nicer. You know, it's so interesting. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we're at two hours today, mm-hmm. right? And my brain somehow is like, oh, I feel more pressure. I mean, I don't really feel more pressure, but my brain is computed. It's like two hours. Like I'm like, oh, it's, I don't know. It's, you, it's interesting. I just, I just noticed that right now. The only thing that my brain has been perseverating on related to the, the wonderful gift what was so funny? You know, I was going to cough. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, we're going to talk about that cough, actually. No joke. But the wonderful gift that uh, Larry, the amigo, the goat, Frank, the tank, and all of Slam Radio, they gave us a gift, which is they've essentially bumped our show to two hours per day. So per Monday. Per Monday. I'm excited. The only thing that my brain thought of is my mom is going to be so much more tired. Yeah, but you can get up in between the breaks. I intend to, but it does not change the fact that my mom's going to be tired. You know, because I was thinking some people what? could like actually find their flow changing. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from one hour to two hour, all of a sudden, like people start to perceive it differently. Not like the people listening, obviously, but the hosts. They perceive it differently. They get more stressed. They mm-hmm. have to. They they end up. Their flow changes. Their yep. dynamic changes. That's not going to happen here. No, it's not. I was just. I was just thinking about. I don't know. Just hit me right now because we're you, on air. You know, it's a very interesting thing, though. I'm going to tell you something that I thought about because, again, anyone who's watched this for any length of time knows this because we've said it a thousand times. Generally speaking, when we do live radio, live TV, live streams, I produce the show and we co-host them, obviously. Not generally, all the time. Right. Well, for the most, no, I mean, you've produced some shows, but I was producing this particular show on Friday, okay? And with a two-hour segment, what I want to do is keep the first segments about, you know, just current topics, things that are happening, our comments about them, our take on them, us adding humor and levity to them. You can't really do that right now. Because everything is so stressful. Everything is so incredibly um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. And we can't talk about COVID. We can't talk about presidential elections. We can't talk about politics. We can't talk about much of anything right. without riling up a great majority of people. Well, you never Even though that, that wouldn't be right. our intention, right? Yeah. You never know who you're going to rile up, right? Like you don't want to insult anybody. Which of course, great. you know, nobody... well, look at some people would, they absolutely may. And this is either a little known fact or a very well known fact insofar as info and entertainment. But there's no question that some people, they make a living out of specifically and purposefully offending a certain faction of people. Yeah. That's just not us. Yeah. We, we don't we like to ride the center rail. Like it's just we're not interested in in in, in marginalizing people. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we feel. Right. You know, I just have to sidetrack to that because yeah. it's interesting. So when we're we on, mm, I can't remember what day it was, but one of the days on the holiday we, before Christmas, we, we went down to Slam Studios to deliver a cake 
to Larry and Frank. That's right. And it was, we were on air with them for an hour and Hannah and, yeah. and Larry and Frank. And when you're in studio, there are a thousand distractions on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like Frank distracts from the studio, from the booth. He does. Right? And what you know. He's nobody, doing it right now. Like, he's doing it right now. He's making the faces. <laughs> but what nobody can see just happened because obviously your camera's on us is we're on air. I'm listening to Brian very intently as producer Chase, our producer, decides to show me the tripod thing and how it wasn't working. And I'm like, I was listening to Brian, but I look up and my brain was like, why are you showing me that right now? I don't really. It's a biz thing. You got to get used to it all, I guess. I don't oh, know. Man. That does remind me. Wait, wait. What does it remind me of? It's so funny. Actually, I have no idea. But let me say this. Obviously on SiriusXM, welcome back. This is our first show back in 2021. If you're watching us live on Facebook or on Periscope, Welcome back. It's great to have you all here. And as a matter of fact, I want to talk a little bit about 2021. Let's do it. I don't know why I thought that you was know, funny. Okay, now I'm going to go off for a second. Can I talk yeah. about something about 2021 of really course. quick? Okay, this is actually something that I've been talking about on all the different social media platforms. Sure. And I was talking about it more like last week. But, you know, the thing that I find so amazing mm -hmm. is that leading up to the shift of the new year, everybody's like, 2021 it's coming 2020 is behind us it's the end of this da, 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 da. and like me I'm asking people like what do you think is going to happen when the page of the calendar turns yep COVID's not going to suddenly disappear sure. we talked about this I think on air just before the holidays finished like yep. not uh, before the holidays came nothing happens when a calendar changes yes unless you choose to change a perspective which then hey there's power in that right yep. but i've seen all of these memes and these posts recently well like 2021's here and da -da -da -da, and i'm like well no kidding because nothing's not going to change from a piece of paper nothing's not going to change yeah, from don't a piece correct of paper. my french my language <laughs> i don't even know where that came from no but you're raising an interesting point it's one that we talk about every year yeah. And I think that every year people get beguiled and mm -hmm. they get confused and or um, they romanticize the possibilities. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's actually where I wanted to start today. I actually want to start by talking about these past holidays. Sure. Because one of my favorite things to do is to um, take moments during the holidays to mentally register or note what... I'm going through that I want to remember. Does that make sense? Like what you kind of want to carry forward. Yeah, the things the I want to remember, yeah. things I want to feel. So I did that and I, you know, I didn't have to take notes on this, but I want to talk about what your, your favorite holiday memories were. And I'm laughing already. I gotta tell you why in a second. What were your favorite holiday memories from this past holiday? So it's kind of like lessons learned from the holidays? Not even lessons. No, I mean, you can, you can turn it into that if you want to, but what, my question is what were your favorite memories? Um, okay, in no particular order, my first favorite memory was that I made a lot of cake. I made a lot of True. cake. <laughs> I have a thing with making cake. And, and you know, pursuant to that is how many people love my cake. Yeah. And that's a glorious thing. But I actually think my absolute favorite holiday memory, no, the daily memory, because, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas was beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, Frank's. <laughs> I just looked up and Frank is like right in oh, the yeah. camera. That was um, awesome. But, um, my favorite memory is that every year leading up to the holidays, you say, I want to watch Christmas movies. I want to watch Christmas movies. And you know, we often get caught up in Christmas. We're traveling, we're doing different things, right? And so we watch one or two. But this holiday, we started watching Christmas movies 
every night. Yeah. That ran, we watched a Christmas movie every single night until Christmas movies were no longer playing. Yeah. And then we adopted the the habit of just watching a movie every night. Yeah. And like, and so we've kept that. We a movie like it was. We so watched fun. Blue Blue Water Horizon last no, night. No, Deep Water Horizon. That movie Same was thing. scary. But so it's the simplicity of sitting down every evening with the the Christmas lights on, with the doggies on us, yeah. and watching a Christmas movie. I just loved that. Let me tell you something. This is why I don't stress a two hour show. Because you said a bunch of great things that dovetail me into honestly seven more conversations. Right. And we're gonna have them, yeah. okay? Let me start here. Facebook Live, to you, because you can be interactive with us. What is, or rank, here's a better way. I want you to rank the top three Christmas movies. What are your top three Christmas movies? Is that politically incorrect? Is someone gonna get mad at me for that, for saying Christmas? No. I don't care. Carrie Campbell, you go first. Love Actually. Love Actually, good one. Elf. Okay, Elf. No, Home Alone Elf. We watched Home Alone like eight times. That's because it was the one that was on after a while. <laughs> All right, so look at, um, I'm going to Of all my favorite Christmas movies, Love Actually is number one. It's the best because it's about love. It's about love, which is Gary's favorite. But yeah. if I really want to feel cozy Christmassy, which I do during the holidays, Home Alone. Yeah, it Home is. Alone just gives me a Christmas vibe. Mm -hmm. um, I like Elf. I'm sorry to disappoint. I don't think it's in the top three. Because rounding up the top three for me is the epic classic with Bill Murray, Scrooged. That movie scares me. It's I don't, it awesome. makes me feel uncomfortable. Bill Murray is a genius in that movie. Yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Is Serendipity a Christmas movie? Oh, it is. It does take place at Christmas. I've only seen it once. Scrooge, Love Actually, Santa Claus. We watched the Santa Claus. That was actually pretty good. Um, I've never seen it before. I'm assuming Frank is chiming in. Die Hard, three, Home Alone. No, Die Hard, Home Alone. And another one's coming we're up. Wait, we're waiting. Can I, can I round up my list? Oh, Christmas story. Christmas story. Christmas story is fantastic. The original Christmas Carol is fantastic. But let me tell you something. If you've not seen it yet, I watched it twice this past holiday season. Disney's Christmas story. Oh, that was so creepy too. It was unbelievable. That was creepy as well. Oh, it was, I don't know how many kids watched that. Cause that would terrify me if I was, you know, Hi, Michael 18. Ryan. which also reminds me by the way, there was another Christmas, Christmas vacation. See, Julie, oh, again, that's a huge one. You know, I, yes, I, Christmas love, vacation. I love the Jim Carrey version of um, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas as well. Doesn't this make you want to have Christmas again? It does. We already had a second Christmas. We did, we did. We did Christmas last weekend. We did. <laughs> again, presents and all. All right. So from your original conversation, that was my first spinoff. Yeah. Here's my second spinoff. And I'm talking to you out there in Sirius XM Radio Land and you watching live on Facebook or Periscope. I want you to put in the comments if you're able to through Facebook or Periscope or just enumerate this to yourself if you're listening on the radio. Give me a list of one to three things that you experienced during the holidays that just fill you with joy. And I, I'm going to bleed this into a point in one second, okay? But you want to start? This um, fills you with joy. Well, wait, I want to know, though, if you were going to answer your favorite thing from the holidays. I, I'm doing it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. What fills me with joy? Okay, I love buying presents for people. Buying presents. like And watching them open them. That's like my, yeah. I love that. I like cooking for people. Especially baking. Baking both, and right? cooking, yeah. 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 And um, I just, I enjoy just 
being all together. Like I just enjoy right. like the, because naturally it changes, your, your routines change and your patterns change. And we had so many like, you know, moments where we were just all together. Yep. And, and that for me, relationships are so important to me that that's sure. like just a highlight. Those are the three things. You watch the comments on Facebook for me so you can extract what people are saying. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to rename what you said. Okay. Ba- baking, buying presents and watching them be opened and just being together as a family, mm-hmm. right? Okay, here are my three. Well, I, I should have three, I'm just gonna talk. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Could be 17, I don't know. But here's number one, there's a general slowness in my days. Mm. It's almost like my, and yes, of course, I take a bit of time off of the holidays, but it's more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an energy slow? Maybe an energy, but like an ethos, the way I carry myself. So I guess an energy slow. Um, it's not like my schedule collapses during the holidays. It just seems that I take it down with a bit more deliberate intention, right. a little bit less this to this to this to this. You give yourself perhaps permission to just... A bit more downtime. Yeah. But I even said to you, if you remember me saying this, like we live in a condo. And so when our trash gets full, there's a, a, a trash chute mm-hmm. at the end of the hallway, right? So even taking the trash out, I was walking slower. But I noticed it, right? So a slower pace Mm -hmm. is number one for me, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Number two was the movie night. Mm. It's like you and I spend a lot of good quality time together. It's not that we own a business together and so we're working together. We have always spent a lot of good quality time together. But there was something very favorable inside the cockles of my heart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. Over the Christmas break of every night, we wound up on the couch watching a themed movie. Yeah. Okay. So that was number two for me. Mm-hmm. And number three, it's it maybe an awkward one to explain, but as an entrepreneur, I have a list of what I call high yielding tasks. Mm-hmm. These are the things I do every single day to move our business forward. Right. Be- maybe because of the slowness of the, of the temperature of, of me and, going through life a little slower during the holidays, I started to realize that some of the high yielding tasks are a little antiquated. Mm. They're not really serving us as much as they could. So, you know, I started realizing there's other better things I could be doing. Right. So those are my three by and large. Now, what did you extract from the, from the group on Facebook? You know, <laughs> I was listening to you. I wasn't reading. Sorry. What was the you know for? Because I was going to say something else. I was going to talk about, I mean, people were chiming in, gift giving, spending time All together, right. teenagers. Okay. Um, okay, well, that's okay. We're, so, I was going to massage to a point, but do you want to give your point first? Well, what I was going to say is that we talked about this just before the holidays. The very last show we talked about intending your holidays, yes. right? Like, you know, and, and I think that for me, one of the things that I have seen is that like, you know, if you... So let me say this is like, I very intentionally set my holidays with certain things that I want. It could be slow. It could be a project or whatever the case may be before I step into holidays or vacation or time off or whatever. I always ask myself, like, what do I want to gain from this? What do I want to experience? And by doing that, I always come out of it with like the stuff. It was so easy for me to answer your questions because I was so present during the process. And I think that that's one of the things that I think kind of loops around for me that we, people are so not present on a day-to-day basis. Okay, great point. And this is what I want. I mean, this is the entire first segment I had in mind, or at least one of the segments. We'll see how many show. we get through today. No, we'll get through all the segments we have to, but this is one of the most important ones that I wanted to bring about. 
What I don't want, what I really want our listeners and our viewers to consider is what we've considered, okay? Don't, be, don't bemoan the holidays are over. Right. Don't, don't just sit wishfully wishing it was still the holidays. Mm-hmm. Don't start projecting to man a whole calendar year before the next holidays. Instead of that, because I think what you said there, Carrie, was great. You said, for example, before holiday season, you intend what you want, yeah. which is you. And that's beautiful. And I love it. For me, it's a slight deviation from that. During the holiday season, I notice what's feeling good. Right. And because of that, what I've learned to do is extract those things and bring them into my life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. And that I, this is so simple. And yet I'm guaranteeing you that 99% of people listening right now aren't doing it. And they could. What about the holidays fills you up? Mm-hmm. How can that thing be extracted and brought into your daily life? Now I move slower. Yeah. I've reorganized my schedule to actually have even more downtime during the day mm-hmm. because I'm better. I'm more effective at what I'm doing yeah. if I'm not going from task to task to task. We've already explained. Movie nights become a thing. Yeah. Right? We took, well, in my case, I took what was giving me joy what was giving me pause, what was giving me lightness through the holidays. And I didn't leave it there. Yeah. I didn't say, oh man, I wish it could be Christmas 12 months a year. No, I said, what's, what's giving me these feels and how can I extract it into my life? I want our audience to do the same thing. You know, it's interesting because <coughs> I think that um, I, I actually, I mean, I, I think everybody can relate to this. Whatever holiday you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, wh- whichever one is your holiday, um, I, I think a lot of people experience that post Christmas blues, yeah. you know, like, we're, and, and I, and this was really interesting. This was the first year and this just demonstrates, I think the, the, the fact that we always have growth inside of us, right. That, um, this year is the first year that I did not experience any form of like, oh, Christmas is over. Cause I do experience that from time to time. Sure. But I know that the reason that I didn't experience that for myself personally is because I really was intentional. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do I want my days to look like? And by the end of like, I ran this, this like Christmas challenge for my women's group that I coach. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the very last question I asked everybody was like, do you have any regrets? How did you spend your time? You know, is there something you would have done differently? Because I think it's good to reflect back as well. Like, what do you need to do differently tomorrow, but next year, whatever the case may be, right? And and I recognize that I stepped out of the holiday, spending them exactly the way I wanted to every single day. And, and to kind of take that and parlay it into your point, mm-hmm. we have the power to do that every single day of our yes, lives. Yes, like, and, and, and I think that, I mean, this is what Eliminate Your Limits is all about for us. Yep. It's about helping people understand that that power of choice and to create for themselves exists and that they can build that. I agree. I agree. And I think it's something like, I don't know, it's, it's almost too philosophical or too ridiculous, but life is just so not a destination. Mm-hmm. It's a mindful journey. Yeah. Right. What fills you up, what gives you light, what brings you joy, start to extract those salient things and bring them more into your daily existence yeah. and continue <laughs> that pursuit because you're always evolving. Right. What, what I evolved into is who I am now, but that evolution doesn't stop. So it's a constant self-awareness of what brings you those things. I love it. And and by the way, Frank is off camera. So if you're signing yes. us, we can't see you that we're done. So I, I just, 
Um, just a real quick note on that, on the side of that is that yesterday I was actually teaching to one of our groups, the whole concept of reviewing your direction, which if you've been tuning into Brian and Carrie, uh, eliminate your limits, you know, that that's one of our four pillars. Yep. And that is the value of showing up every day and asking yourself what today's going to look like and making it, making it matter for today, because the next 365 days don't matter. It's yes. today that matters. Right. And that is a huge way to step into creating that for yourself. Well said. I'm, I'm wondering if we're nearing a break or if I should just, uh, we are. Frankie says, yeah, you guys can go ahead. Let me tell you something. After the break, you want to stick around. Because after the break, I'm going to interview my wife. That's me. On something that most of you don't know about, but could give you some of the greatest perspective you'll ever hear in your entire life. And I'm not being hyperbolic. So you want to stick around for after the break. You're listening to Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Carey on the Historic Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? Said he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank, oh, oh yeah. Oh, that, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Jarvis Landry, and you're listening to Slam Radio. I like I like watching you sniff your lavender. <laughs> I, I'm so happy. People on radio can't see that, but it, it really is poetic to watch. I feel so happy. To, every time we're here with Frank and Larry and Slam Radio and the students, I'm so happy. Can I, t- can, I can I tell you something? Yeah. When we uh, dropped off cake yeah. to uh, the Amigo in the Tank before so, Christmas, yeah. it was the first time we've been in the studio in like nine months. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. Right, but now we got this backdrop and these lights, and we got a whole thing going on here. I kind of like this too. I mean, we, I, really I do miss hugging Frank the Tank, though. He's I a like great, the, great hugger. I like the energy of being in studio. And yeah. Larry, it was so funny. Larry was trying so hard to get me riled up. I did not know that Larry has been trying for two years to like get me feisty and pissed off. Really? Until he was teasing me about, cause he's an instigator, you know? Can you say pissed off on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> because he he's an instigator. And so like, he like likes to like poke at you to like rile you up. And he was like, he's like, he was poking at the cake. Like you didn't make that. Like, it's not real. You didn't make that. And he's like, I have been trying for two years to get you riled up. And it just is a no go. I'm, I'm not uh, a riled up kind of person. You're really not actually. I'm checking our Facebook live uh, comments right now. We got uh, Gary Carrillo and Rick Rowe are in Montreal, Canada. Marcy Williams is in Jersey. Lisa Drablog is in Florida. We got a lot of people around the globe. If you're on our Facebook live stream right now, give a little shout out and say hi so we can say hi right back to you. Hiya. And if you're listening on SiriusXM 145, welcome back to Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Carrie. You could have coughed. <laughs> I gave you space to cough there. Thank goodness radio is not so serious. Well, but we're going to make an important point right now. Probably going to make 20 important points right now. And it's based on the fact that you just coughed. Okay. So we're going to announce something right now that I don't I don't even know if you've talked about publicly. Trust me, there's no problem for us to talk about publicly On at Instagram, all. but that's it. On Instagram. So um, it was towards the end of October mm-hmm. that uh, Carrie Campbell, our dear Wee Smalls, got herself a case of COVID. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on radio, but I think I am. Probably not. Like, you're asking, you probably can't. <laughs> right at the beginning of you getting sick, we didn't, I mean, we no, didn't. You're really... not supposed to say this on the radio. Well, I got this. Don't yep. worry. I know how to mirage things. So we didn't even think to ourselves that this could be a COVID thing. So we did what husbands and wives do. Okay. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. The point is, uh, I didn't get sick. 
which makes me think that I'm completely immune. I think COVID came into my body and my body said, get out. You could have also had like such, like some of the cases of COVID are so like, I lost my taste for three days. Of course, you know what? And by the way, a lot of studies are showing that a lot of, I I don't like using the words a lot because someone's going to qualify it. There are certainly people in the world who actually are COVID positive who are asymptomatic. So it doesn't manifest as something for everybody. And I might be one of those people. Can I answer a question that people are asking? Of course, yeah. Because not asking, because I know people are going to wonder, like, how was it? Yeah. Can I answer that real of quick? Course. Can I give my perspective on how it was after? No joke? Yeah, no, of course. Okay. Um, so my honest answer was I was very responsible. You were. Um, quarantine. Obviously quarantine and all that stuff. Yep. I went to bed yep. and I took NyQuil and I slept for three days straight. Yep. <laughs> and I woke up and went to the gym two days later. Like so, it was, it was a, it was the, no, I was going to say for me, because everybody's situation is different. Yep. It was the equivalent of a bad flu, but not the worst flu I've ever had. I mean, you look at punctuation is really important in times like this. We're not saying that's everybody's experience. Yeah, of course. And we're not naive nor stupid. Okay. Um, we can sit in the middle of conspiracy theory on this side versus um, the sky is falling on that side. Mm-hmm. And we do sit in the middle. Yeah. We think this is a serious virus for some people. We think for most people, it's not. And can I just be frank with you on that? The numbers agree with us completely. Mm-hmm. So I have, we've been together for 11 years. Yeah. I've seen you a thousand times more sick than that. Oh yeah, yeah, I've no, seen, for sure. I've seen you with flus that have knocked you on your butt for three and a half weeks mm-hmm. um, with, with bad symptoms, not just, you know, right. afterward effects, right? I'm but we're bringing this up for a reason. I'm excited about what okay? this, this particular piece could do for people. Actually. Yeah, so for, for those of you who don't know, there's something associated with COVID that's effectively called long haulers. Okay. And just as much as I have been very directly exposed to the COVID virus through my wife and never got one day of ill, not one. Long haulers doesn't affect everybody. And if it does, it doesn't affect everybody in the same way. We are not saying that A, if you get COVID, you're going to have long haulers or B, that if you have long haulers, it's gonna be as simple to manage as Carrie's has been. But we are trying to give you an incredibly important lesson about how much your mindset controls more than you wanna give it credit for. It's not that we don't understand that you wanna rush to doctors who want to rush to prescribing medications and diagnostics if you have the after effects of symptoms that linger. But give this a listen because you might be surprised with what you hear. So let, let me interview you, but let me start by just talking, asking you this. Talk to us about the long haulers. Talk to us about how it feels, when you knew, all those sure. things. Well, let me, let me give the backdrop a little bit more on the long haulers for people who are curious about it, because I think it's, I think it's really relevant. And, and look, there, there are lots of people I know who've actually found out that they're experiencing this. And I think it could be really powerful for if you have experienced it, to, to be informed. So really quickly, without going into like the whole science behind it, long haulers um, is essentially the aftermath yeah. of COVID. And what you Health have effects. to understand is this is not just a COVID thing. Any virus that affects your body leaves what is referred to as phantom symptoms, yes. which are the symptoms that you know persevere long after the actual virus has left your body. So think about it this way, like, you know, you have that that flu or that cold that you've got that bad cough and the cough stays for 20 weeks, mm-hmm. right? Like when is this cough gonna go away? We've all been there, right? So fatigue, lethargy, whatever the case may be, every single virus that attacks 
the system leaves a mark and yeah. leaves these symptoms and, and everybody experiences them differently. Okay. So the important, the reason I said that is because I think the information on what long haulers really is, is, is important. Um, did you want to ask me a more specific, I, I was going to go into what I've experienced. I actually want to interject for one second yeah. and just kind of a, a little bit. Um, I've used the word punctuate already in this segment. So like it's your word for the day. Maybe punctuate is my word for the day. I'll there. do this every time. All right. So I'm going to punctuate what you just said. There you go. Um, it's really important that you understand that, okay? Uh, if you're listening to us or watching us right now, ask yourself this question. Have you ever had a flu or any kind of illness for that matter that would be viral in nature that quite literally six to eight weeks later, you're still coughing? It's a dry cough. It's not overly persistent. Yeah, it doesn't point. hurt your throat or chest anymore. So you start paying it no mind yeah. and you rationalize. Oh gosh, this flu is bad. And just, you know, the cough is just lingering. Okay, that is a neural tag. Right. That is the science of life. Mm -hmm. That when you get a virus, it leaves viral uh, phantom symptoms and a neural tag. Right. And that it that is almost every virus. And the the worse the virus, the more likely that neural tag, those phantom symptoms are going to persist. The reason I'm bringing it up is that I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not saying it's not dangerous. None of those things. But I am saying we should start looking at this a little bit more honestly, as opposed to running with our hair on fire into the ocean right. because, oh my goodness, I got COVID, now I have long haulers. Like guys, this is what viruses do, mm -hmm. every virus, right. okay? So right. now you go ahead and give us more um, of your story. You just said something about long haulers. And you want to punctuate it? I wanted to punctuate. <laughs> hold on one second everybody we all get it we all experience it i don't know it's gone but we'll see if it comes back um so yeah let me give you because there is a litany of symptoms mm -hmm. oh i just remembered see i love it when that happens the thing so the thing is is that because if you are familiar and if you're following along long haulers is everywhere like there was even a documentary done on it yeah right? oh, like that's that, how really. that's how much because i bet you they're painting it as the worst thing what, in the world though. what what we have to understand is that because COVID is a new viral strain, mm -hmm. we don't know the path that it's creating yet until now, right? Like neurologists have been ahead of the game on this. Um, neurologists are almost always ahead of the game. Yeah, ahead yes. of the game. Like the, the, when, when COVID hit, neurologists started preparing themselves for what is the pattern of this? What are the phantom symptoms? What's the fallout that's gonna be coming after all this? So let me tell you about my experience. So go back to COVID, I was sick four days, out, took care of myself. Two days later, I was back at the gym. Now, well, I mean, I, I'm sorry, because someone's going to hear that and they're going to hear it wrong. So that's not exactly the way it went. You actually quarantined well. Oh, right. You, I, you When you say you were back at the gym, training, like you, stay, training. you stayed yes. in our bedroom and you did your stuff, but you right. didn't actually exactly. venture into public back in for like, about, I think it was 16 or 17 days. Right. Back in home training. Yeah. Stuff. I was moving again. Exactly. Right. That's, that's the whole point of it. But, but here's, um, so yes, so I was feeling good enough to move again and to stay active. And for those of you who don't know, but most of you do know, I'm a, I'm a competitive athlete. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a physique competitor. So my training is not just go for a walk. Like it's rigorous, right? And I took my time easing back and, and so on and so forth. And it was probably like three weeks later that we finally figured out what was going on. But here's what I was experiencing. I was waking up in the morning. I was getting ready to do my journaling and within an hour and a half, I was exhausted. Yes. And it was like, I need to take a nap. Um, so that was one it's of the things. Extreme fatigue. I was, ex I was experiencing 
high levels of anxiety and confusion, which are not typical things for me. It's almost the best way for me to describe it is my brain was just not working the way it normally works. I can usually hold a multitude of thoughts, projects, and just kind of pull on them rapidly. I couldn't do that. And, and that was therefore increasing anxiety. Yep. Um, headed- so anxiety itself wasn't necessarily a symptom. It was kind of a byproduct of this this brain fog, right? It kind of elevated your anxiety. In my case, yeah. but it actually is a symptom that's is listed. It? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then the other things that I experienced, I, I had a bad headaches outside the normal headaches that I usually have because headaches are an issue for me. But the big thing, there was two big things that I noticed. Number one, I was getting exhausted just taking the dog for a walk. Like if I like for like four weeks afterwards, like I like taking meatball for a walk in the morning, I was like bagged. And the thing that was probably the most obvious is whenever I was on coaching calls after like a three hour, four hour day of coaching, my chest pain, yeah, just like, I, I can't even describe it to you. My chest pain, my, the pain in my neck, all of it, like just locked down. And like, I had back pain from the lung pain. Like there was more things that I'm not listing right now, but here's, but those are the major ones. Those were the major yeah. ones that I experienced. But he, so here's the thing for me is I just assumed, number one, I just assumed I was like, well, I was sick, you know, number one, number two, um, maybe this pain is just hormonal. Maybe this pain is because I'm an athlete. Like I wasn't even thinking about it at all until I happened to be having a conversation with our applied neurology coach who was like, oh, I'm working on this project about long haulers, blah, 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 blah. And like three hours later, I messaged her. I was like, are these some of the symptoms? And she's like, those are all the symptoms. Very interesting thing. I had no idea. Yeah. Let, Let me add something because when you described your symptoms, I kind of came into a recognition of something. They're almost like cyclical, aren't they? It's almost like the extreme fatigue maybe creates a certain level of frustration because no one likes it when they can't perform or behave the way they want to. Right. And then you tack on this brain fog where you can't think careful or, mm-hmm. or correctly. So now you're kind of increasing anxiety and then you tack on that, or, or, or maybe you don't tack it on, but you can see how those two things contribute to chest pain mm-hmm. and some neck pain, which only serves to make you more tired and more anxious. You see how cyclical that yeah. is? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, but that cyclical nature of it actually matters in this explanation. And and I actually think that like one of the most challenging things for me was that it was, first of all, I didn't know what was going on. I, and I didn't, I didn't think that there was anything wrong. I just assumed that it was one of those things that I already said. And, but the thing was that I, it was like, one day was good. One day was bad. One day was good. One day was bad. Which increased your frustration. And it's like, so it was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, can I just please do the stuff that I want to do and get it done? Like I was so frustrated um, in the early days before I found out, I mean, I've had lots of moments of frustration afterwards, but that I used that all and I channeled all that into where I'm at now, which I'm sure you have questions about, but that's kind of what I experienced, how I came to find out that this is what it was. Frankie, did you just give us a minute left? Is that what that was? I don't think. Well, it was a it was a wrap up minute left. You guys can do what you guys want to do with it. Just letting you guys know we're wrapping up. We can do what we want. Perfect. Frankie said so. Actually, I I love where we're stopping here because we want to finish the story of why is this such an important lesson? Whether you've had COVID, don't have COVID, it's got nothing to do with COVID. It's got to do with perspective, of your life, and the way you choose to succeed. Okay, so I'm actually going to leave it there. When we come back after break, I'm going to open up by talking a little bit 
about some of the friends we have who have also had COVID and what they're experiencing right now, what their recourse was, what your recourse was, and why this might be the most important mindset lesson you'll ever hear in your entire life. All right? You got to stick around for that. Whether you're watching on Facebook, Periscope, or listening to us on Sirius XM 145. Stick around. We'll be back after the Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always going to see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really... That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. You can't spell amigo without the ego. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives. But he was there beside me. And my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them and I thank them so much. And it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam Radio. 
Frankie gives the wave in. We're good to go. Welcome back. Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Kerry on the Historic Slam Radio. Sirius XM 145. And maybe you're watching us on Facebook and maybe you're watching us on Periscope. Where is Periscope? Are we still live on Periscope, Frankie? Yeah, it's Periscope and it, and it goes through Twitter. It's its own identity, but it connects. It talks with Twitter. Oh, doesn't Twitter censor everybody? Are we going to get censored? Nah. Sens- well, uh, you Twitter's are a good for one. saying that. Twitter's a good one. Sorry, Twitter. You have to be specific, okay, Frank. You have says. to be a specific somebody to get censored by Twitter. I'm not that specific. Not somebody. that important yet. Not that important yet. Or you know, lots of things. All right. So <coughs> your cough is forgiven because you got long haulers. We all understand. Mm. Don't don't whine. Oh my gosh, you have your earplug in your ear. I do. I'm doing my own. <laughs> I got my uh, tea tree ready too. Um, I'm going to pick up where we left off. We're going to start by saying this: We're not medical doctors. No. Not claiming to be, not pretending to be, not dispensing advice, not saying anything you could sue us for, essentially. Okay? But we've had other friends who are about our age, in their late 30s, mid 40s, mm-hmm. who have been diagnosed and they had COVID. And it was same kind of situation for, uh, as it was for Carrie, like, you know, a decent flu, a couple of days. But they also have long haulers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. You have to understand, we're not trying to be doctors telling you what to do. Make decisions for yourself. But this is what I've always said, okay? I don't even like the term alternative health. I don't like it because it, it's a stigma. It stigmatizes things. It, it casts doubt on this or conspiracy on that. I don't play the game, okay? When it comes to my health, I'm in charge. Not anybody else or anybody else's opinion. I'll go to whoever I think is going to make the best and most credible case in honor of my health. Right, which is Period. a decision. Sometimes that's a medical doctor. Sometimes that's a chiropractor. Sometimes that's a functional neurologist. I get to choose and so do you. But here's, you know, here's, here's a great way of phrasing it, okay? If you're gonna go to a chiropractor, you're probably gonna get some kind of spinal adjustment. Mm-hmm. And if you're surprised by that, you probably shouldn't have gone to a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to a, a medical doctor, you're probably going to get some kind of medication. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be surprised by that. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying it goes with the territory. So here's what we're seeing with a group of our friends who are in the same age bracket, same relative fitness as us, who have long haulers. They're all on medication now. They've gone to heart doctors for obvious reasons, for reasons that I respect. They've gone to, what are they called? Pul- pulmon- pulmonary specialists. There you go. Pulmonary specialists. Is that a lung doctor? Yeah. There you go. A breathing doctor. And they've been diagnosed with and medicated and they're getting, they're getting what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. The problem, and it's, look, it's the problem that we see. You don't have to see it this way. We're not trying to shove it down your throat to tell you you're wrong. But the problem as we see it is this is not asymptomatic of medical doctors. Not necessarily the problem, mm-hmm. but the symptom of the problem. That's what they'll medicate. Right. That's what they'll diagnose. Right. Not 
the actual issue, the symptoms of the issue. Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine. If that's your choice, that's your choice. And we don't, we don't think badly of you. We're not being cynical. But there may be other things you want to look at. What did you look at? Yes. I'm going to answer that. Carrie Campbell's going to answer that in one second. <laughs> Sorry, because, because I actually, this is actually one of the greatest problems that's happening right now for people who are suffering from long haulers yep. is that people are treating with medication and the medications, and this is, I can't quote the statistics on this and I can't quote the science, the scientific relevance to this because I'm not, um, I got this secondhand from my applied neurology coach. Yep. Um, but the, the challenge is, is that like these medications aren't really doing anything, yes. right? So like, because the problem is not, I do not have a heart problem. I have pain in my chest and the pain in my chest is from something else, right? Yes. And you know- Nor do you have a breathing issue. Right. You're, you're temporarily, you're temporarily suppressed right. in your pulmonary function, but not due to a pulmonary problem, right. due to a virus. And, and a virus attacks the nervous system. Exactly. And therefore you have to reset that. Yes. Right? But you know, it, it, it actually reminds me of like what we talk about. And we talk about like, if somebody comes to me because they have an anxiety issue, I'm going to give them the four pillars. Yes. Right. If someone goes to a doctor for an anxiety issue, they're going to give them a pill. Now, look, you sit wherever you choose to sit on that because I am not here. I, 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 these are our opinions, you know, like you get to have your opinions. Yes. But I personally don't believe medicating for anxiety is necessary in 98% of the, the times. 100%. I'm giving them, I, I agree with I'm that giving them room for error, right? So I, I think it's so like, you know, what we're around and what our influence is, is, is really what we're going to gravitate towards. And this mm -hmm. is where we gravitated towards. Okay. I agree. Um, can, I, can I just contribute one thing there? I like the way you phrased it. I want to punctuate it. There you go. We're another day. But look at, we, we've been doing this for a long time, both together in this company, but also independently, mm -hmm. right? When, when someone comes to us presenting with anxiety, we don't treat the anxiety because anxiety isn't the problem. It's a manifestation of the problem. Right. It is how the problem is um, presenting itself. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is not the issue. What's causing the anxiety is the issue. Right. Get your head around that, you, you solve the problem. Right. If all you ever do is treat the anger or the anxiety or the depression, you're leaving room for it to come back right. because you've not hit the nail as it relates to what causes those things. Mm -hmm. That's, that is the point we're trying to raise. Yeah. You know, and, and because we've got a two hour show, I'm just going to keep talking about, go on my, my have lots it. of time. You know, I, because here's, I want to tell you what happened to me. And like, this is, you know, we've talked so much about influence on this show. And we, we talk about, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show, but the whole notion of social shaming. It's all over Facebook oh, and Instagram. Like horrible. if you're not doing what everybody else thinks you should do, like the social shaming around, like you're, you're bad or whatever. Right. Like, you know, kind of like mindset comment. Number one in this whole experience is I really had to stand inside my own like beliefs on this yeah. because it, one of the reasons I'll be honest, one of the reasons I didn't share publicly until I started going through what I'm going through now is not because I care about what anybody thinks, but I just didn't feel like dealing with it. Yep. I didn't want the 500 opinions about what I was supposed to do, even if it was coming from a good place. Of course, I just didn't want to filter through that. Right. And I was talking to my own father who after he had found out about all of this, you know, he asked me, he goes, well, did you go to a hospital? And, and I was like, well, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, why not? 
right? And my answer, and I'm prefacing hard, my answer, my opinion, my beliefs, you don't have to agree with me, was that I don't go to a hospital unless like I'm like fearful that I'm dying or bleeding somewhere, right? Like for me, I'm like, so I don't feel sick enough that I can't just go to sleep. I wasn't feeling afraid for my life. I was like, if I go to a hospital, you know, they're not going to do anything for me except for go home and rest anyways. Right. So like, for me, it's like, you need to know where your beliefs are. You need to learn how to filter out the influence mm. and, and what can pull you down the rabbit hole of, because it can be overwhelming. Massively. Right. Massively. And like, so you got to choose wisely. And can I just interject something there with low punctuation? Nah, you like that. Um, you know, it's funny when people say go to the hospital, it's actually a misnomer. You don't go to the hospital. You go to the emergency room. Right. And, and the reason I'm even bringing it up is it, I, I hope even one sliver of a second you'll spend on this. I think we've forgotten in our society what amounts to an emergency versus what is not an emergency. Right. And, uh, but hold that. That's not nothing. Hold When people say, oh, did you go to the hospital? Well, what they really mean is you go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because it wasn't an emergency. And you know, Oh my God. Okay. So you're looping into a different conversation. I didn't mean to. No, no, but it's it's, it's, great punctuation. It's it's really, it's valuable because what dictates how you perceive an emergency is going to be based on your narrative, Mm -hmm. right? I did not feel like I was in an emergent situation. So I did not need to go to a hospital. Somebody could be feeling less badly than I did. And for them, that is an emergency situation. So it brings me back to one point, the resilience of your mindset. What stories are you telling yourself? Yeah. What narratives are running in your head so that you ha- you are of clear mind, you yes. are aware, and you can be making those choices with a narrative that's serving you, not serving you? This is massive, right? It actually bleeds into its own point, which I'll make very, very quickly. This is why Carrie and I keep saying we chart the middle ground. It's not because we're afraid to have a strong opinion, quite the opposite. We have very strong opinions about a myriad of topics, but the middle ground is non-reactive, right? Like when you're, when, when you're at either end of the spectrum of, of an opinion matrix, for example, you're being influenced and therefore reactive. Right. When you say mental and emotional resilience, that is the ability to slow things down collect the data that you need to collect to make an educated decision, not, not to either jump into the, into the pond that everything's a conspiracy and that this is somehow a false flag operation, which I don't agree with, or that everybody is about to die Mm -hmm. and that we all need to quarantine ourselves for a year and that at the sign of sniffles, we need to put bubble wrap over our face and go to the uh, hospital with the bubble wrap being so we don't infect anybody else. You're both wrong. There is a middle ground and in our contemporary society of unbearable sensationalizing everything on either end of the spectrum. The number of people I know personally who are charting the intellectual non-reactive middle ground amounts to like six. Right. And I find it, I don't find it disgusting. I find it scary. Well, you know, I find it scary that we can't just intellectually figure things out Mm -hmm. and not get caught up on either end of the sensationalizing bandwagon. Which 
Okay. <laughs> it this speaks to Carrie's always answer, right? This is where I often end on. We're not ending because I have more to say, and you, we have more to go. But one of the final points I always make: self responsibility. Yes. Right. You. So here's what I mean, like because here's what I I, I want to have compassion, and and explain my compassion that I'm going to have because if you are a person who has a non-serving story of the hypochondriac nature and it has been influenced from you for example your parents were hypochondriacs Mm -hmm. they rushed you to the hospital the second there was anything they they were always like on your on you know kind of on your butt making sure that you weren't hurt right if you have been pumped full of that influence your entire life and you are now an adult who has hypochondriac story that at the second sign of at the first sign of sniffles you are in fact in an emergency situation okay i have mad compassion for that but here is what's the important message of self-responsibility okay at a certain point in our in our lives in our journeys and into adulthood we have got to stop step back and take accountability for the stories that we are allowing to run non-stop in our heads we have to take the ownership of them and we need to recognize is this serving me or is it not serving you? I mean, this is eliminate your limits. This is what we do, right? I happen to not have one of those stories, right? So for me, I didn't even think twice about it, but I do know people who have those stories. Mm -hmm. So do me a favor if you're listening, don't sit there and go, oh yeah, you know what? You're right, Carrie. Like I do have one of those stories and that's the reason why. No, don't become victimized. It use it as information to be able to create the change to it. Yeah. You know, empower yourself. I have a story here. I'm a victim to this story, and I need to change it. Agreed. All right, let me bring us back. Okay. Let me go back to because I keep promising this is the most important advice you'll ever get. We yeah. haven't dispensed it yet. We will. Tell us who you consulted. What yes. happened next? So I'm very. I have a. <clears throat> I okay. This. This is going to get to another point that I'm going to make about self-care as a daily ritual, as opposed to a reactive ritual. Um, I am very, very involved in my own health and my own self-care. And, you know, so I have a team of people that I consult with and I practice with on a daily basis. One of those teams is my applied neurology coaches. And, And just to give the backdrop on this, in case you don't know, an applied neurology coach, essentially their jobs is to make sure that your brain is sending the right messages to your body and that you're functioning optimally your brain body connection and there's a lot more to it than that but well there's more that we should even mention but i won't interject Um, right now well go ahead and interject look look, when we're talking about long haulers in particular yeah this is part of the problem okay you just said that your brain is informing the rest of your working organism how to function why to function that way etc there's three relative parts there's incoming or input stimulus. Mm-hmm. There's the way we're interpreting that stimulus and that leads to an output. Right. And th- this is actually, that, and that's the science of neurology, okay? And that's actually why we're making such a strong case for this. And while we're spending segment after segment on this show talking about right. it, you can see the faulty lines now. Yeah. I, I, well, at least I hope you can. So <clears throat> you've got anxiety and extreme fatigue. You've got a, a nagging cough that won't seem to go away, <clears throat> right? That's all input. Mm-hmm. Now your brain has to interpret it. Right. The stories you have, the influence you're exposed to are what's going to be the basis for how it's interpreted. Right. Like if you automatically think something's wrong with my lungs, got to go to a lung doctor. Well, okay, you're going to get medicated for lung stuff, but it right. might actually not have anything to do with your lungs. Right. It might have to do with input stimulus. Right. But the output is going to result from the interpretation. Right. So again, 
I'll stop there and let you go back. Well, so, you know, the first thing I'll say is the, the first thing I did was I cycled through all of what I believed were possibilities. And I talked about it. Am I, am I overtraining? Do I need to recover more? Um, was it hormonal? And I did all the things that I would do in the case of the, that was the case. And they still weren't yielding the response. Right. And then by happenstance, I'm having a conversation with um, my applied neurology coach and she's telling me about long haulers. Like I had never heard about it before. She's telling me about this new neurological protocol they're putting together to basically establish drills that a human being can do who's experiencing long haulers to um, speed up the healing process and reset the nervous system. And so I was like, that's fat. We weren't even talking about me. I was like, that's fascinating. That's so cool. But I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. I was like, okay. And like three, I said this at the top of the show, three hours later, it hit me. I'm like, wait a second. I'm not feeling good. Is this maybe what's going on? So I messaged them that these are my symptoms and they're like, yep, that's all of them. So that day we went into action, integrating some of the drills that they have put together in order to help reverse this. And yeah. I mean, you could tell me where you want me to go with that, but for the last six weeks, five, six weeks. I, now, think I, five weeks, I don't yeah. know how long it's been since I came into awareness of what I was experiencing. I've been working so closely with my applied neurology, neurology coaches on the day-to-day -day drills in order to reset and sure. in order to, to heal this process faster. Well, let me say this. I, I think I, I don't want to make any unfair comparisons. Um, did Frankie just say that? Mm -hmm. Oh, Frankie gave us a wind up. Okay. Well, I'm not going to make any unfair comparisons right after the break. That segment went like fast. I know. It was a little short. But you know what? I, I tell you, like we are building to one of the most important points we've ever taught on anything we've ever done, radio, TV, or live stream about why 2021 could be your year, but how you have to make it that way. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep listening. Come back after the break. We'll see you on Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay! Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Sam Reed is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is Dag Prescott and you're listening to Slam Radio. All right, I think all the levels are set. Showtime. Now, right now. You're listening to Eliminate Your Limits only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Who's Zach Prescott? I don't know. Who's Zach Prescott? Zach Prescott is the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, he plays professional football. He plays professional football. So last year when we went to Radio Row, when the Super Bowl was here, uh, we got a whole bunch of drops, station drops, of everybody welcoming listeners to the station, and Dak Prescott was amongst one of the A-listers that gave us a name. So smart. So smart. You're so smart. I just, because he introduced our show, I don't know who it is. You know, um, also... (laughs) Before every before we came back on the air, yeah. I was asking everybody who is in Facebook, what is their pre-Zoom ritual? Yeah. Because with this COVID thing, we've all been on Zoom. I have one. What's your pre your pre-Zoom ritual? I um spray on cologne. I don't know why, because nobody can smell me. Oh, I can smell you. Yeah, but you're not always with me on no, Zoom. I, I know. <laughs> I have I don't know, I can't imagine what causes me to do that but well you know what's funny so mine and i've been doing this long before because we we run coaching calls on zoom right yeah. i have i brush my teeth i brush my teeth i put i actually just went and put on perfume can you smell it's not good um i went but i always brush my teeth none of you can tell whether i brush my teeth or not i can but i brush my teeth <laughs> the opposite side of that is so gross the but, thought that like my breath did not smell fresh i didn't say that makes me feel mortified i didn't say that no i know that's what i'm saying the opposite side of that i didn't say that all i'm saying is i can smell the minty uh, fresh tingle in my nose but that's where you smell things but i but i didn't do it today well i can't smell it today but you don't smell bad if that's what you're worried well that's good i can't i it mortifies me that thought don't be mortified oh it's just so bad i'm going back to making a serious point okay already (laughs) i don't have to you want to talk more about your breath no (laughs) brian has got the weirdest thing every time i I have no yeah okay so let's pause for the serious conversation for a second brian loves the smell of garlic 
on my breath. Totally. And it, it's like, I just can't, I can't cope because I can't stand I the smell of garlic on people's breath. I love the smell of garlic. And on he's always, and he always tells me, but you, I, I don't know if people can relate to this. Like you're always like, you know, don't get upset. But I was like, I love the smell of garlic on yeah. your breath. And I get so grossed out with but, myself. But for 11 years, I've been telling you that because it's such an anomaly. I know. Like, look at, I don't know if you know this or not, but before you and I came together, I kissed other people. Brian. No, it's true. How dare you? And so I've smelt, I've smelt garlic breath before, but on everybody else in human history, it smells like wet socks in a sauna. I don't know. It's just gross. It's just horrible. But when you have garlic breath, it's like, gosh, that's nice. It mixes with your pheromones or something. Oh my God. I can't. Do we have pheromones in our mouths? I can't. I think we have pheromones everywhere. I think that's Well, then your I'm garlic doing. mixes with your mouth pheromones in the most pleasing way. Oh, I just can't cope. I can't even believe I told that story because just the thought that people know that I have garlic breath sometimes. Well, when you eat garlic, you do. I know, but okay, I'm done. Let's go. Onion, onions too, by the way. I made filet mignon last night. Oh, wow. That was good. True story though. Ooh, okay. You peppered that steak just right. Okay. It's the first time in my entire life I've made filet mignon. True. Back. I have no idea how to cook meat because I don't normally like meat. Also true. But our best friends make filet mignon every time we're there. Yep. And so I texted them and asked them how to make the, the steak exactly the way they make it. And that's what I did. I want to have steak again tonight. Let's do it. I'll save numbers for that. It was good. You salt and peppered that steak just like a boss. Because because my, like a boss. Because Kathy and Matt said salt and pepper and garlic heavy. It was garlic in that. Yeah, garlic salt. Oh my God, here we go. See, that's why I was talking about it. Garlic and onions have a mysterious effect on the mouth pheromones in your head. It's not it's like it defies physics. Physics do not exist in your mouth. I can't cope. That is next week on Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Carrie. Physics do not exist in Carrie's mouth. How do you eliminate garlic breath is the better question. You don't, if you're you. Or if you're anybody. I don't care, I don't kiss other people. Yeah. They can smell it where they want. They can smell like wet socks in the sauna. Lisa's like, Carrie makes everything sexy. There you go. Even garlic breath. I I support that message. Back to my serious point. Let's talk about the rest of my recovery. You know, there's a lot of emotional stuff that I haven't shared yet on this. And because we've been giving the facts, you're the interviewer. Mm. So I don't really know where you're going with this. I got this. I realized that we've, we've given the backdrop of a lot of the information, a lot of facts, a lot, but I haven't hit on probably is, which is where you're going. Okay. Well, can I just say this important fact first? Yeah. Okay. So I, I said this towards the end of last segment, right before the break. I said, look, I don't like, I don't like silly comparisons. I don't like unfair comparisons, right? Yeah. I don't like outliers. And this is what's happening a lot. It's happening a lot. Um, I see it in the media nonstop. And I think people are buying the media narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a mathematician, but I can count. <laughs> you know, because I went to kindergarten on a good day. Thanks, Kara. I just exalted you for having deliciously wonderful garlic breath. You just made fun of my intelligence. No, I would make fun of my own math abilities too. So, but I can count. I know I was. I can count to ten. I also have a calculator on my phone. Great, thank goodness. (laughs) Okay, but no, you you don't use outliers (coughs) as examples. It's not reasonable, and it's not fair, and it's not just, and it's plain stupid. Well said. Uh, but it really is plain stupid. Like I've seen this on social media. Okay. When, when someone is being irresponsible and saying COVID is a, is a pandemic, it's not real, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Whatever. I, I'm not, I don't agree. But 
when someone says, look at the numbers show that the real health consequences, at least thus far, and I'm, I'm fine to leave room that we don't know necessarily long-term, I'm okay with that. But in terms of mortality, it really isn't a dangerous thing for most people under the age of 65. Matter of fact, the survival rate is over 99%. But then some doodad idiot fool will post a story on as a comment to that status about the 13 year old who tragically passed away due to COVID in whatever state. Okay, number one, did they die of COVID or with COVID? That's the first question I have. Second, it doesn't change the numbers. It's tragic and I'm not decreasing or diminishing its tragedy, but 13 year olds also die in car crashes. Should we eliminate cars? Right, like I don't like outliers mm -hmm. as case example. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to use one here. But the few friends we know who have long haulers, who have gone the medical model route, th this is the, what they're getting as advice. They're now on six pills a day for their heart and lungs. They have been told unconditionally to not be physically active for as long as eight weeks. Can I ask you a serious question? Since you recovered from COVID and you've had long callers, how many workouts have you missed? One. Yeah. And that, by the way, is not me cherry picking and saying, see, my wife is so tough and what we're saying is right and everybody else is wrong. I'm actually not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying the basis of mindset is to open yourself up to different narratives. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You can't be physically active for eight weeks versus not one workout missed. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There's reason to pause and consider at that point. Okay. So let's keep going. You, you consulted functional neurology specialists. Yes. Where they tell you, how'd that go? Yeah. Um, so essentially, <clears throat> um, you know, several weeks like this was, I'm saying this on purpose because I want people to know this was several weeks after COVID. Oh, yeah. I was well in the clear. No, no, you, you were quarantined um, responsible. We, uh, I actually flew to Arizona, which is where they are, to do a full-blown a full blown assessment to, because I'm an in-person person. They can do it online and they, they do do it online, but flew to Arizona. Um, because here's what you, so here's what I want to say why it was so, because not, it's not, it's not always important for people to heal. Like some people, it's, it's an unfortunate like, truth. Can, can I be honest? Like some people don't want to heal, right? Some people, um, and, and I'm saying this so delicately because like, I'm not trying to be harsh when I say this, but some people want to be sick um, by a lack of maybe even knowing what's possible beyond them, I right? Couldn't agree but more. It's for, a tough thing to explain to people who don't understand it. But for me, but it's true. Like, and, and this is probably the mindset point number one on all of this was like really holding my vision as so important to me because I am a competitive athlete and I do train hard. I'm coming up on a competition in six, five months now, yep. the one that got delayed three times last year. And it, it's, it's a passion for me. It's my, it's my vision. It's my livelihood, my coaching um, online, like with my clients, like I need to show up. Right. So, and you want to, you know, and I, I want, like, I need to show up because I want to. Yeah. Right. So for me, the first decision was to really like make the decision that healing was a priority. Mm -hmm. Right. And to prioritize it above all else, which is why I flew to Arizona, which is why we spent two days in assessment with my applied neurology coaches, running down all the neurology drills and how to reset and testing. And I came back home and I integrated them and I communicate with them every day because I, you know, 
I can, I can stop and I can break if I need to, but I really don't want to. Right. So you, the first thing you got to do is you got to, you have to value your life, your wants and your vision above all else, which probably makes the point that if you are, if you are quite content to not put yourself as a priority, maybe what you're pursuing in your life needs to be ratified somewhat so that there is purpose behind it. So when we were in Arizona, I was given a series of exercises when I say exercises. So like by I, drills, okay. Like reset drills. So you guys, for those of you who are watching me uh, live on Facebook or on Periscope, I have this like little bottle of lavender essential oils that every few seconds I pull it up to my nose and I'm sniffing it. That's a visual for you. If you're listening on the radio, um, it's not a random thing that I'm doing. So the, the, we, te- we tested it. Um, the smell of lavender is a stimulant to my brain, and there's a whole series and therefore of ways. System, yeah. yeah, there's a whole series of ways that you, they test that. But by by sniffing it, it actually stimulates my brain to calm down, and my nervous system to calm down. Um, so that's just one of the drills. I have a variety of different drills that are you know vision based, balance based, breathing based, et cetera, et cetera. That they were given to me and told to okay do this at these intervals do this at this day at this time. And so for the last however many weeks, that's what I've been doing. I've been showing up and doing the drills, assessing and resetting along the way. But like, and so I'm going to say that, but like, let me tell you though, it ha- it's been simple, but there has been some really challenging moments where mm-hmm. mindset has had to come in. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so I talked about it at the beginning of the, sh- the, the beginning of this conversation that there was a lot of emotion behind this. There was probably on my, if I could count four or five times where like I broke down, mm-hmm. emo- like in tears. Like I remember one day I came, Brian was sitting at the, at the table. I came into the, in the kitchen. I put my hands on the table. I just put my head down and I sobbed mm-hmm. because like I've given you the facts, but, but what I haven't demonstrated perhaps to the intensity was like, it hurts. Yeah. Like I am in pain on a daily basis. Um, it comes in and out. Um, I, after I've coached for four hours, my chest is like crushed with pain. My head hurts. I'm fatigued. Like just on this radio show a couple of times, like I've hit that dump of fatigue. Right. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner. I'm an athlete. I'm navigating all these things with probably a 15 to 20 on 10 pain mm. um, at any given moment because it is erratic, right? So there have been moments where I have been absolutely defeated, mm-hmm. like absolutely questioning, do I need to quit training? Do I need yeah. to stop? And I w- I'm going to talk about those moments because I think like that's the, the key is like if you're experiencing that in this situation or anything, in your life, what do you do? And how well, do you step out of that? I'm just gonna add context by saying, just so everyone knows, I'm not of course challenging you, I'm just giving context to everybody. You know, you've been dealing with long haulers for, I'd say in the six week ballpark, five week ballpark now. And those breakdowns, I think there's been three. Yeah, like four, right? like, yeah, exactly. I'm not three diminishing the, the challenges. I'm just saying, it's not like every day you're unable to cope right, because that right. set that sets a different plate altogether. Yeah. Well, then why is she training and blah, blah, blah. So let me say that now. I'm going to expand on that. Uh, and, and this is now we're starting to shape the, 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 again, the point we keep talking about, the one I keep intimating towards, which is this is really the most important information mm-hmm. that we've ever dispensed. Okay. The, and what I'm about to say is not political commentary. It's not open for political interpretation because I don't mean it. There's no intention 
here to be political. I'm not claiming scientific knowledge. I'm not claiming doctor status. I'm saying this, okay? What troubles me about COVID a great deal is the way our society folded. Now, let me explain, because that in and of itself could maybe sound cynical. I think one death due to this virus is tragic. And my heart bleeds for the families who have lost people, for the businesses that have, have you know, irreparably changed forever. My heart bleeds for the people who are going through tragedy. And I'm not at all taking away from that. What do I mean by the way our society folded? If I say to you, COVID might have exposed something more than it caused something, would you believe me? Or at very least, would you consider it before you openly disagreed me or disagreed with me? Here's the truth I know. Our adult population, and I say our, I mean planet Earth. I'm not even talking about specific countries. Our adult population is largely overweight. Mm -hmm. Our adult population is largely overstressed. Our adult population knows the word mindset, but doesn't necessarily work on theirs proactively every single day. Our adult population is not physically, emotionally, or spiritually healthy. And instead of recognizing that, you know what, the best way to combat this virus just might be to fortify ourselves with what we need to make sure it can't really hurt us that badly. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, we ran and hid. And then we admonished everybody who also wasn't running and hiding. Right. That's, that's the grand point. I don't care what brought you to your circumstances. Look at some people in the world have way worse circumstances than others. It's not debatable, it's irrefutable. And we can, in the United States of America, we're, we're, we're largely ignorant fools. You know that? Because our entire year has been about fighting with ourselves over who's got what and who doesn't have what and what's unfair and what. Look outside this country for one second. Do you want to look around the world at varying populations who have less than you could even imagine no matter where you are in this country? And yet we spend the time fighting ourselves. The point I'm raising is I don't care what brought you to your circumstances. I know full well those who have worse circumstances have a much harder sled and we should do something to correct that immediately. Yesterday, we should have done something to correct that. But, but your ability to do what you want in life stops and starts with you. Always has, always will. And that's the point we're raising here. You want something, then let's get after it. But you've got to fortify yourself to make it happen and not run and hide. And that's the commentary that matters. Now, we're going to pick up more of Carrie's story and more of that lesson in terms of exactly what you need to know for 2021, breaking it down with real talk. So make sure you're here after the break. You're watching and listening to Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Carrie on Sirius XM 145. Hey, look.
Look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always gonna see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really. That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. Well, you can't spell amigo without the eagle. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, seven to eleven, only on Sirius XM one forty-five Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them and I thank them so much and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. What's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. All right, I think all the levels are set. Showtime. Now? Right now. You're listening to Eliminate Your Limits, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
Yeah, Frankie. That was great. That was a great walk-in. Let me tell you something. Comment of the day goes to uh, Lisa Drabluck, who's here in Florida with us, who in between the break from the radio, we, the live stream keeps playing, but Carrie and I get out of these seats, you know, because mm -hmm. my bum gets tired. Yes, it does. And our son, who's now almost 18 years old, mm -hmm. and he's our producer. He does all of our production and post-production. He's an incredibly talented young man. Um, he, him and I were talking uh, on the commercial break in the radio, and you, but the live stream can hear us, even though they can't see us. Yeah. So comment of the day goes to Lisa Drapler, who says, I cannot believe how deep Chase's voice is. You know, true story. He's a full man now. We were watching a video the other day of him, um, of him when he was younger. And it's like his girl, his voice was so girly. It's stark, eh? It was so funny. All right. So listen, I'm going to, I'm going to jump us in because what Frank and I talked about on break briefly is that we're going to actually take this last half an hour and split it into two segments. So this next one, this is going to be like 10 minutes, okay? So I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to turn it over to you, and you have the rest of the segment however you want, okay? And this is the one thing I'm going to say. <coughs> the last point that we made before the last break is the one that I want you taking away from this show, okay? There's a beautiful quote in the Dowdy Jing. It says, what is well planted will not be uprooted. Nobody on this side of the mic is saying that COVID isn't dangerous. Nobody on this side of the mic is saying that even one death isn't tragic. Nobody on this side of the mic is saying that COVID is not real. What we are saying is that what you plant well is way harder to uproot. Build your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self strong. And you would be unbearably surprised at how resistant you become, much more resistant than you realize right now. I'm not being trivial. I'm not saying things at a whim and I'm not being condescending or cynical and I'm nowhere near the conspiracy theorists. When I say, if we were a healthier society, COVID would not have done what it did. Take your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health seriously and you become more resistant to all things in life. Now I will stop and turn it over to you. Well said and excitingly stepping right into what I was going to address. Um, that said, Frank just put a comment in the comment box that he asked if you wanted to run 30 minutes straight through. Yeah, so since we're going to be transparent, I'll just say it now on the air. I wasn't trying to say it on the air. Brian, I don't want to ruin your flow. So if you want to go the full half hour, I can give you that green light or we can split it. Frankie, you couldn't ruin anything if you tried. You're just a ray of sunshine, buddy. But you know what? Let's go full 30. Let's do Let's it. Go Let's full do stop. it. We're going to end the show with this segment. Let's One go. One more segment. Boom. <coughs> okay. It's my turn now. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to go all, <coughs> all the way back to the very thing that you said after I was talking about the defeated moments. Because you made the comment. You wanted to make sure that everybody knew that this was like three or four times. This was not like, it's been six, six or seven weeks. Five or six, yeah. Three or four times I've been, ha I've had these moments. And, um, and, I, and I did say that at the beginning, but you kind of like going back and, re and, and punctuating it Punctuate. was so valuable. But what you just said actually talks to the beginning of what I want to talk about, because I have two things around mindset, the proactivity, and then what I've done in the reactive state to adapt to what I'm experiencing. Because if, like, I want to say this properly without sounding like a little bit of a wuss. Mm. If y'all were in my body, you might be breaking down every hour. 
like depending on where you are on a resilience level. Well, that's a, that's a um, mindset resilience thing though. Exactly. That's the key. This is what I want to talk about because I think that some people might be saying like, okay, well, like, you know, I, I have had people saying to me, cause I do talk about this in my coaching groups, like, oh my, you're such a rock star. You're so badass. You're so this, you're so that. Right. But the real truth comes down to exactly what you said. What is well planted. I can't remember what you just scratched it up. What is well planted? What will not be uprooted. Right. And so here's what you have to understand is that I didn't, oh, I have long haulers. And on that given day, decide that I was going to build a resilient mindset. Right. I have been building a resilient mindset for the last 20 years of my life, more specifically the last 10 years of my life. You know, we, we practice what we preach, you know, we, we teach our, our eliminate your limits system. We teach our four pillars and I show up in those every single day of my life. I practice the resilience of my mindset of, of owning my story, of building my story, of cultivating what I want to cultivate each and every day. So when I got hit with this experience and in those moments of defeat, except actually I can talk about the moments of defeat in a second, but I was, I had already built up such a strong foundation that I, I knew how to deal with it. And yeah. so the three to four breakdowns perhaps could have been 20 to 30 Absolutely. if I wasn't showing up every day for myself. And, yes. you know, this is the point, this is kind of where I want to round out like the proactivity of your life, which is what you were just talking about the moment's going to come, right? Whether it's the moment of you getting ill or divorce or financial ruin or breaking your leg, like it could be big, it could be small. It doesn't really matter. The moment is going to come. And it's never like, I always refer to it as game day. It's not on game day. You practice. Well said. <laughs> right. Well you, said. By the time you get to game yes. day, you should have been practicing yes. every single day leading up to it. Every victory is in the preparation for that event. A hundred percent. And you know, so like, I, I actually, I remember making this comment way back at the beginning of COVID when we went into lockdown and I made this comment, I don't know if it was on this show or a different environment that I said, you know what, like, this is what we've been preparing for in my group, my mindset group, yeah. Um, because today's game day, baby. Like yeah. it's game day. And and that's what it was for me when, when I realized that I was experiencing all of this, I was like, it's game day. I've been practicing for this moment. I've been building my mindset. I've been doing my pillar work so that I can step into this in the right way. And, you know, I know I'm off on a tangent, but no, I, I just wanna, I, I, you know, a couple of days ago, I had um, an incredible moment with one of my clients. One of my clients is a recovered alcoholic, mm -hmm. three years sober um, to the day from the day that we started working together. And it was their three year anniversary. And I, I sent a message, you know, kind of acknowledging that, like, I can't believe it's already been three years, like three years happen so fast. Mm -hmm. Right. But the truth of the matter is, is those three years didn't happen so fast. So those three years were a culmination of three, 365 days in a row. Right. And, well and the one thing that's never going to change for you is day one, right? Day one is always going to be day one. This person only got to three years because they chose their day one. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, man, like, I wish I could have a mindset that that's resilient, man, you know, I, I want to have this happen in my life. Don't wait until game day. Yeah. Make today. Like I have a client who always says every day is game day. Every, like she's, there she is right there, Marcy Williams, every day's game day, yeah. show up every day and play it like it's game day by practicing. That's the way it goes. A hundred, you know, I want to close some loops really quickly. You know, it's not really 
part and parcel to this conversation, but you did mention your client who is three years recovered as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Can I just add punctuation to that? You know, oh, oh, sorry. This I was is a punctuation to uh, <laughs> sign, sign, sign language thing. Um, he had been trying, he had been trying with varying forms of, of um, addiction recovery for years. Mm-hmm. You solved the problem for him because you're the first one who let him know and reminded him and taught him that alcoholism is not the problem. Right. It's a manifestation of the problem. Right. You went to the root cause yeah. and that's why he's three years sober. Yeah. So that, that punctuates what we talked about, you know, in our, in our second segment. Right. Second thing I want to say is this, like, look at, on our Facebook live stream, for example, you know, it, we are, we are incredibly insulated and incubated. What I mean by that is largely the people who watch us live on Facebook are people who know us, like us, and have long been part of our, our, our ethos and our message, right? That's number one. Um, number two, the, the reason I bring that up is that we don't see the comments on the World Wide Web that the things we say are getting necessarily because right. we don't know where they are or what people are saying. There is a huge faction of people who disagree with us and slander us and say horrible things. But but the reason I'm bringing that up, and there's people on the radio right now who, for all I know, can are throwing coke at our at their radios because of what we're saying. But you you can't get out of this topic without getting a little bit of burn. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Of course, you can't. Want people to step up. Yeah, be, because exactly what we're saying is that you got to step up a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, now why am I saying that? Let's let's de-emotionalize COVID from the human tragedy of it all, i.e. death and mortality. Let's move it to businesses, which look, that's emotional too. But I do a lot of consulting work with medium, small and large businesses. And I've been saying the same thing to them since COVID started in this country in February. If, you're, if your business goes belly up during COVID, COVID didn't cause that. Right. It revealed structural problems in your business that already existed right namely cash flow profit allocation reinvestment um adaptability mm-hmm. right covid didn't cause your business to go if your business went under in the first four months well then you weren't managing it well and i'm sorry if that hurts your feelings i really am i'm not trying to hurt your feelings but the same is true for long haulers if if COVID, if you got hit with COVID, bless you, I hope you're okay. If you got long haulers, look at your recoverability is based on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health you already had mm-hmm. and the resilience that that stuff gives you. But my friends, that's life. And one of the things that troubles me so much about our world right now is that I see it over and over again in so many different facets we are excusing things so much and so feverently and we are reducing personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that is a bad, bad game to play, Mm -hmm. a bad game to play. So for us, and Carrie talked about this already, she's gonna keep talking about it. I think the bulk of what you did was adapt. Mm -hmm. You adapted. And how are you able to adapt? You can only pivot. You can only adapt if structurally you're already sound. Right. You can adapt a business. Our business has flourished during COVID pandemics. Mm-hmm. The businesses we consult with, they flourished, but because they were structurally already sound. Mm-hmm. Hard to adapt when the emergency hits 
if you don't have a strong foundation that allows the adaptation. Right. So consider that. I mean, I mean so powerful, right? So um, that covers for me the proactivity mm. of this whole situation, right? I have proactively for the last 10, 20 years been building my resilience and my mindset. So hear me, <laughs> please start today doing something. I mean, go back and watch old episodes, listen to old episodes, find out where they are, Frank will tell us, on YouTube, on a Periscope, <laughs> and start doing the four pillars. Start something today that is going to start building your resilience so that when game day comes, you are ready. Yes. Okay, that's the first Because thing. game day will come. Exactly. An intervention's coming, whether it's one you create or is created and affects you. Exactly. Life is not a bubble. So with that said, I want to talk a little bit though about what I had to do in, in the almost like when I say the reactive situations, like what did I, what did I do in the moments when defeat hit, when those, in those three to four times when it was just building, even in spite of my daily work, I had three or four moments where I just, I, I had just like so beside myself, right? What did I do? Because you might be in that moment as well. You might be in the moment where you're throwing your hands in the air. You don't know what to do. And, and yes, of course, there's a proactive way to this approach. But if, if you're in it right now and you haven't had the time to proactively build, you need a way out. Okay. So I, I want to provide you with that way out. Okay. So, um, so in the, the mo like I had a moment a couple of weeks ago <laughs> where I was like, I'll never forget. Like I was so like, just tired and in pain and and I had to check in with my my training coach in the morning and I was just like I don't want to do this <laughs> like if you could have heard the conversation in my head I was pouty I was victimized I was like fausty right and 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 yet I I got my stuff on my suit on my heels on and I sent my my my, my thing into my coach right but in that moment I had so much emotion and, and I was, I keep using the word in those moments, I felt defeated because in those, and, and you might relate to this, whether it's a long haulers thing or it's a financial thing, or it's a relationship, you, you're going to have the moment where you feel defeated and what do you do? Okay. So the very first thing that I allow myself and give myself permission to do is to vent it out. Mm. But, and this is so important, vent it out without being victimized by it. Right. It's not woe is me. I, I want everybody to come feel bad for me. It, it is essentially this release of the emotion. Catharsis, right? Yes, yeah. catharsis. Release of the emotion and the feelings and the things like I had to say to Brian, you know, like I, I just need to vent for a few minutes. Yep. Can I just have your ear? Right. I wasn't, I wasn't asking him for more than just to listen to me. And I was like, you know what? I feel defeated. I feel like I need to quit. I feel all of these things, like all of these things are running through my head, but here's the key. Not for one moment did I believe them. Mm -hmm. Not one moment did I believe like the language would have come. I feel like I need to quit, but nowhere in my thoughts did I actually consider quitting, right? I did not buy in to the emotion. I did not buy into the defeat. I vented it out. I was cathartic about it. Now, this is the important. So give yourself permission to do that. Give yourself permission to be Absolutely. human. Like Agreed. don't try and bottle it into the point that now you're adding more stress to yourself because you're holding on to it. Oh, we have a caller. We have a caller. We have a caller. I go ahead. Hello, caller. Yes, this is uh, this is one of your biggest fans, and I'm really happy that they extended you out for an extra hour on this show. I look forward to hearing you on Mondays from 12 to 1, but now I'm 
few. And, well, that just made me so jolly and happy that I needed to call y'all and tell you that I'm so proud of the work that you've done on Slam Radio. And I got to tell you that it is just wonderful listening to both of you on the air on Mondays. It just it warms my heart to the fullest degree, and I wanted you to understand that. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so sincerely. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, we um, never had a caller before. What might you be doing here's, up in Tampa, Florida, sir? Here, here, here's the thing. In Tampa, we got some folk over here that are really enjoying listening to Slam Radio, just like I am, see? And understandably, when you hear these young adults talking, and talking about how much they enjoy being on the air, you see, then it just warms all of our hearts, you see. So I, I want to give a great shout-out to the great, the one and only Larry the Amigo Million, <laughs> because he has the ability of throwing his voice and one minute sounding like a Cuban for Blue Havana, and the next minute sounding like he's, well, just one of the locals here in Tampa South, if you know what I mean. You know, that's impressive. You know, I like am. That, uh, huh? First I'm of all, I'm, I'm I'm almost slightly disappointed that that wasn't you know legit. Like some older gentleman you know, from West Texas. You crushed me, Larry. You crushed me. That said, I think your accent's a little more deep south than it is Tampa. It's a good one. But I'm impressed, and we miss you. We do miss you. Well, we miss you. Or we miss you, but we still miss you because you're not in there. But we're happy that you got that second hour, and I just wanted to congratulate you. I'm here at Slam Tampa getting some work done. And I had to get on here before you, uh, y'all say goodbye now, you hear, see? <laughs> y'all come back now, you hear? You're the best, amigo. We love you. Love you, man. Love you guys, man. Continue your show. Best of uh, best of luck and keep doing it. Keep chilling. Oh, love that was fun. Amigo's like, the best. I was like, we have a real caller. It was a real caller. Yeah, it was the amigo. Larry was giving us love. I love it. Um, okay, so let me, let me come back. Yes, vent. Vent it out. Allow yourself the ability to be human the ability to release it, but then don't leave it there. Take ownership. Well said. Take ownership and own the story. So number one, I vented it out, cathartically released it, not victimized. The second thing I did was I decided what my narrative was gonna be. I literally decided what story am I gonna tell myself? How am I setting myself into the direction of where I need this to be. Mm -hmm. And I started cultivating and owning the story of what I wanted to tell myself. And like, okay, so this is, I, I can't say this all online because it's, there's swear words in it. <laughs> so I, I literally had conversations with myself. Where I was like, you know, this COVID stuff is effing with my plans. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm going to F right back with you. Like I, this wow, is like, that was aggressive. this is, but this is like, I was like, I, I, I wrote the story. I told myself I'm going to own this every day. Like mm -hmm. I pumped my unconscious full of the narrative that was going to see me winning instead of the victimized narrative that was keeping me down. I yeah. don't sit in defeat because you don't have to. But the thing that people mistake all the time is that the vent, the release is enough. It's not enough because you brought it to the surface yeah. and it's just going to sit there. It's going to come back. You've got to own the story and recreate the story. So that was the second thing I did. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's, it's mindset 101 that I think everybody listening and watching right now really needs to attune themselves mm -hmm. to big time because it's not nothing, mm -hmm. right? Like I, we, we don't want this to sound like ridiculous or, or silly by any stretch of the imagination, but the, the, 
The thoughtfulness at which you put a narrative or a story together, mm -hmm. okay? It, it influences how you behave. It influences how you act. It influences the very genesis of your emotional profile. Yeah. So for when you are afraid and when you are worried and when you're all hope is lost, I can't train or even be active for the next six or eight weeks. And man, what if this becomes perpetual? And what if I never get rid of this stuff? You, you might be very surprised by the science of how much that affects your life in ways you're not even necessarily conscious of. Totally. And the exact opposite is true. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not like we're saying, you know, Carrie's whole point is not to say COVID's nothing, I've got this. It's to plant a very serving, strong, forward traction mindset in her unconscious, which then affects her emotional profile, her mood, all of which are healing agents her actions, her behaviors, et cetera. That is step number one. Yeah, and you know, let me let me put this into practical application very, very simply. And this is, a four, this, is, this is our four pillars. I'm just gonna give it to you a different way. In the morning, write down the vent. Write it out in the morning. And then after you've vented it out, say to yourself, what story am I gonna tell myself today? Exactly. And then own that story for the day. And perseverate right? on it and consider it and think about it and tell it to other people. Yeah. Agreed. And then the very, the very last thing that I've done in conjunction with all that, and our listeners are familiar, is counting the wins. Like really, really, yeah. see, you, and, and, and this is like, okay, in, in moments on days when things are not going your way, the last thing you're gonna to wanna to do is count your wins. Yeah. I'm telling you, like it, even to this day, I still feel like, oh, Sometimes yep. I, I don't want to do it. Right. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a day that just did not go the way that I wanted it to. And I was all excited about this day, but unexpectedly these symptoms hit on that day. And at a certain point in the afternoon, around 12 o'clock, I stopped and I was like, okay, I'm going to count my wins. And, and where are my wins today? And although I didn't have the day I anticipated, I still won the day. There were still things that I did and I showed up and I was like, you know what? I am winning. Do not I feel this so emotionally and mm. I, I hope you can feel the context of what I, the, the, it feels through the airwaves. Don't end any day without telling yourself you're winning any day, yeah. like every day I at agree. the end of the day, can, write it down, convince yourself, tell yourself, what are your wins? We get to win the day every day. As long as we're choosing that, that's the key. It is the key. Yeah. You know, I'm going to just add, add a few things here because I watched for the last five, six weeks as you kind of worked your way through long haulers and all the successes and how much things have changed. I mean, they've, you've, you've really beaten this back incredibly well. Um, it's, a, it's a splice to consider. Like for example, when you had finished quarantining and you did go back to the gym, we live in Florida, gyms are open. Okay, you can, you can not like that if you choose, that's up to you, but in the state of Florida, gyms are open. So once the quarantine was done and all was kind of normalized again, you went back to the gym and you couldn't necessarily train to the same capacity. There was a bit more fatigue involved or a lot more fatigue involved. Um, there was some, you know, maybe some coughing or, you know, your throat and your lungs started feeling very pressurized, et cetera, which caused you to maybe um, lessen the intensity or the volume of what you were doing in the gym that day. And, and look at, it's not nothing. This, these are, these are some of the most important and valuable mindset lessons we could possibly teach you. You had two options. 
at those moments. Option number one is what I dare say most people pick. They get frustrated. The, the narrative they start telling themselves is, why can't this just be normal again? God, I just wish I could train the way I, oh, I'm so frustrated. Guess what? That becomes a, a cyclical antagonist for those mm -hmm. symptoms. It increases frustration. It increases um, lung pressure. It increases anxiety. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I watched you do is count the wins. You know what? It wasn't my full capacity, but here are the things that I'm going to enumerate. And there's 13 of them. No matter how small, these things really, it was awesome I could do this today. And your mood changed. Yeah. Your, your, your symptoms diminished. I hope everyone listening and watching right now is really understanding. Yeah. These are slight modifications to the way we think and the way we behave. But man, do they ever add up and compound like interest over time, they change your life. Yeah, you know, I mean, so much. Like, I, I can't even, so let me just tell, say this real, this quick story. So I have adopted um, what I'm referring to as Recovery 365. And this whole, it, it, it's basically every single day I am focused on my recovery for 365 days because I don't want to put a timeline on it. If I, if I just commit 365 days to showing up and healing and recovering, I'm going to close the gap on the time of that, right? So I'm saying that to you guys, like to say that it's amazing what happens when you bring something into the top of your mind awareness and you just allow it to be there in a powerful choice oriented way. What am I choosing today? and think about it on a given day, your actions and your behaviors are just going to change. It's the science of it. It's yep. like, it's everything just Brian just said. It's the science behind it. Your, your, your actions and your habits are gonna go to where your thoughts go. So if every single day I, I wake up, I feel empowered and I own the narrative around Recovery 365, it's gonna naturally demonstrate changes on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's already shown up like that, right? So as you're listening right now, whatever your thing is yep. that you're wishing to shift, that you're wishing to change, I implore you decide like blank 365 and just show up every day in a conversation with yourself about it. Because in what we talked about, the, the vented out learning language, the counting your wins, the, the asking yourself the, the selection of the story for the day, you're going to experience change. Commit to it for a year. Well said. I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. Commit to it for a year. You know what? Sometimes I think our job is to disagree with every other expert in the world. Like, I mean that. Because all you see, you know, we're talking about committing to something for a year. Mm. Mostly what you see is how to lose 60 pounds in six weeks. How to change your life in 48 hours. How to take a pill to make everything different. Go ahead. I mean, I was on that topic, like six, lose weight in six, in six weeks. You, what you don't know when you get buy into that is after six weeks, you got to do seven, you got to do eight, you got to do nine. Oh, wait, you got to do the rest of your lifetime yeah. because success, happiness, fulfillment in anything is a lifetime commitment. Agreed. I'm going to tell you right now, because we have a couple of seconds left. I'm going to tell you what my two biggest takeaways were from this show. And then I want your either biggest or two biggest takeaways. Can I do that? Yeah. Can we play that game? If you're watching us live on Facebook, what were your one or two biggest takeaways from this show? Okay. Here's mine. Number one, more often than not, the biggest problem we have is a lack of resilience. Mm -hmm. That if we um, plant our roots strong, physically, we, we make exercise not a gimmick or a strive to lose weight, but part of our culture. Mm -hmm. Mental, emotional regulation, 
And of course, that kind of feeds into spiritual. If we plan that stuff strong, we will be incredibly surprised how much more resilient we are to life's ebbs and flows. That's number one. And the second one for me um, is don't lament the holidays are over. Extract what your favorite parts of the holidays were or are and figure a way to bring them into your daily life. Mm. Right? There's certain things I love about the holidays. I simply extracted the lesson and I brought them into my daily life. It's made all the difference. Yeah. What's yours? You know, I had to think about that. Um, I actually am just going to, I hope this is going to come off in a way that inspires you because that's how I intend it. The right story is in you. Mm. You just have to start telling it. Well said. Like it really is. You know, you have to make the choice every day to ask yourself, what story am I choosing? What narrative am I choosing? What language am I choosing today? Ask yourself that every day because the right story is in you to get what you want. The serving story, the powerful story. You just have to learn how to go and get it and write it. Well said. I love Slam Radio. Yeah, me too. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, that was our first two-hour show of the new year. You got to come back next week because we're always this awesome, always this insightful, and always this hilarious. And if I'm lucky, next week, Carly's going to have some smoking garlic bread. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you ended there. I'm not quite done. Or smoking onion breath. Would you stop? Because it is hot when you when you have that stuff. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I can't even. <laughs> so I'm gonna sneeze. What, what's that got to do with garlic or onions? <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> uh, Marcy Williams on Facebook says there are wins every day. Elisa says boom exactly. Play the long game. I love that you guys are participating. Facebook Periscope. We're here every Monday live from 12 p.m. to 12, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Sirius XM, you know where to find us. Periscope, I don't even know where that is, but Frank the Tank says uh, something to do with Twitter. <laughs> so we're all good. Thanks you for listening and or watching Eliminate Your Limits with Brian and Kevin. Back next week. Gotta join us then. See you soon, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on Eliminate Your Limits are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.